0: I'm not here to say that this is easy because it's not. And that's where the whole stigma about e-commerce is such a shame where people make it out to be easy because it's not. You're still grinding. You've still got to work for it. I'm still doing huge days. I work until 10 o'clock at night most of the time. That's what I'm willing to do now to be able to enjoy my life when I'm 50.
1: Today's guest is the queen of dropshipping. Having built a multiple seven-figure online business starting from her home here in Australia, my friend Miss Emma Cunningham. So excited to finally...
0: I know, get to sit down together and pull apart all of the stigma there is around e-commerce, dropshipping, all of that. I love that.
1: So what do you think is the main difference between you and someone who has tried it and failed?
0: They've stopped when they've had a a hurdle. If you give up when you've had your first hurdle, you're not going to get to the next one.
1: (laughs) If you were to go back to your 18-year-old self and give her 30 seconds of
0: advice, what would it be? To be honest...
1: Welcome to the Dream Out Loud family where young entrepreneurs come to learn the tips, tricks and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan T. Nelson, a former carpenter who created financial freedom by the age of 23 and have since spent my time traveling around the world living my dream life. Inspiring, educating and teaching other young people how they can do the same. Each and every week, I'll bring you the most epic guests who are gonna share their stories, wisdom, tips and tricks on how they've been able to create a life by design. Here at Dream Out Loud, we're committed to helping inspire and educate you to be able to execute your full potential. Alrighty, guys, today's guest is the Queen of Dropshipping. Having built a multiple seven figure online business starting from her home here in Australia, When the pandemic hit, not knowing which way to turn, she dived right into everything there was to know about dropshipping on Shopify, where she managed to get half a million dollars in sales per month in just four months, right? Selling other people's products. And that is where she started to uh, actually develop this, get the same product that she created her own brand from and started selling that online, after it not growing as fast as enough as she'd like it to, she thought outside the box and started wholesaling the branded products on Amazon and collecting a higher profit margin. So please help me welcome the woman who went from working in her dad's business, building the websites at a young age to now on track to do eight figures this year in sales and is now helping other people also kickstart their dropshipping career, my friend, Miss Emma Cunningham.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. So oh.
1: excited to finally...
0: I know, I get to sit down together and pull apart all of the stigma there is around e commerce, dropshipping, all of that. I love that.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I am super excited because I've followed you for a couple of years. So looking through your bio when I want to put this together, so you've started this in the pandemic, which I think I probably started. I think when I first started this podcast, you came on my radar actually, mm. and I was like, Oh, she'd be a cool guest. Mm. And then you've always just floated around I know, around until, the world <laughs> until now. And I'll be honest with you, when I first saw you, I did put you in the category as like, Oh, there's another online rich e com person. Mm-hmm. And because of the stigma, and I really want to dive into this mm. and um it's it's like every single time you see drop shipping on mm. Instagram. Mm. I think and this is my perception of it. Like I tend to look at it and go like, it's not real. Like you're faking it mm-hmm. versus I do. That's a, that's an actual successful person. Cause mm-hmm. it's, I haven't met as many people in this space that do actually kill it more so than they say they kill it because they're trying to sell their online program mm-hmm. about it. So talk to us a little bit about how did you dive into this? How did, yeah, let's, let's dive into this. How did you dive into dropshipping? Let's start there.
0: Okay, sure, because I have an answer for your first uh, sentence there as okay, well. Okay, give, give me the answer, let's go. Let's no, go. I was just going to say, I, I think the hardest part to differentiate someone that has done well with dropshipping and why it is easy to question credibility sometimes is because, unfortunately, in in the space of dropshipping and even selling other branded products, it's um, we're not necessarily creating the next booby tape where you go, oh, they're the girls that own booby tape, you know. Mm. It's very easy when someone has their own actual brand to to understand the credibility that comes with that. But with a dropshipping store, it's like half of these things are like, you know, the most random looking websites and it's not really about creating a brand. It's about revenue really at the end of the day. Like for me, my businesses are about making money that I can invest into other things. I that That's how I thrive, to be honest. Um, some other people thrive by being able to you know, ha- walk into a store and their product is on a shelf, like, and that's their mm. goals. And there's no right or wrong, in my opinion. But I think the the line is drawn because it's like you can't necessarily walk down the street and be like, oh, this is my drop shipping store. That you know, like, because drop shipping is sort of a more of a, um, you know, it's yeah, it's a it's a quicker business model in the sense of like you sometimes have to pivot and move and, and change it up a little bit as well on a Shopify platform that is, um, because you, you get bans with Facebook ads and things like that. Every possible thing that is uh, a no no in the, in the book of e-commerce is sort of falls into the category of drop shipping. And that's again, why it has a little bit of a negative stigma. Um, but there are a lot of positives about it as well, which I'll go over. But, um, but yeah, I sort of stumbled across it cause I was hanging around people, um, back when I was working my nine to five, I was hanging around some friends of mine that were doing really well with e-commerce and they were living the life that I wanted. And I was like to myself, okay, well I'm going to have to put in the work to be able to to do that because I sit in the room with these people and I'm like they're no smarter than me mm-hmm. they've just backed themselves and not been scared of fear or you know what's on the other side which I think is that mindset and that's what a lot of people you know they stop at that point because they're like I'm, I don't back myself I'm not confident in my ability whereas I'm not like that I was building out websites you know when I was 13 years of age like I've always been someone that'll give something a go and heck I've had a few things fail for me as well but it doesn't stop me I'm still going and I think that's you know, the most important part when it comes to business as well, you've got to be able to overcome these things. So, yeah.
1: So I want to talk into how, how real is the wealth of e- in the world of e-com, right? Like, so like what, what kind of profit margins is expected? Like I, I'm assuming like everything's gonna be super different, but is there like a, cause yeah. when, when you're seeing, cause I, I do want people to look at this episode yeah, and go, cause I know it's an incredible business model. Cause I've, I've got a few other friends that, Freaking killer and the yes. most extraordinary lives themselves as well, and you yeah. included. Yeah, and and I do love this as this business model for the right person, mm. and I I would like this to sort of help people understand cutting through the, the bullshit as of well. It. Yeah, 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 for sure. And um, so when you see people doing like. Million a month, hundred mm-hmm. k a month, or whatever. Mm-hmm. What kind of profit margins are the, is expected in this industry?
0: Oh, look, I can't give you a. Let's pull up someone's Instagram and I'll tell yeah, you what yeah, they've yeah. made. There's no like rule of thumb. However, to answer the question, I would say anywhere from ten percent, um, up to probably like sixty percent. It really wow. does depend on their the product. Yeah, or the, what? The, the product like. I know people that are selling $20, prof, uh, $20 products that are making a higher dollar profit than someone selling like a $50 item. And you would assume the $50 item has more margin, but it really comes back to the the weight, the shipping costs. Like if, it, if that's a bigger item, it's going to cost more to ship than a little, you know, mascara would. Mm. Um, same thing, a mascara would cost like 50 cents to make out of China, like versus, you know, um, I I used to make dog beds a a little while back and they were like, you know, upwards of $25 a unit for like the biggest size that would fit like a Great Dane. So like, yes, you would assume that the bigger the item, you know, the more margin, but it's not always the case. Um, But yeah, to really answer the question, I'd say anywhere from like 10% to, yeah, 60 odd for some of these brands that have really built a good relationship with their supplier. Because over time, naturally, as you start spending more with a supplier, you're going to have a better buying power and buying capacity to reduce the cost of goods. Ultimately, putting more money in your pocket as the brand owner. But when you first start, out, like even 10 to 20% is realistic as to what you would pocket yourself. So someone posting a hundred thousand um, dollars on their, you know, Instagram uh, for the month, like that is still a massive achievement mm. in the sense of like, to even be able to market your product well enough to get that sort of, you know, sales revenue is awesome. So hat off to them. But I think using that information to then try and make people think they're going to have a hundred thousand in their bank, that's where it's a bit of a, uh, a no-no in my eyes and yours as well um ethically it's not right so realistically i'd say they probably pocketed 10 or twenty thousand from that um and that's still got to get taxed as well so yeah, yeah true. that's the reality but
1: like it's it's okay there as well because like it's it's still business but it's good for people to be aware of i think because you know i see this stuff get marketed so easily at like 18 year olds yeah drop out and, and it's like but bro like okay so i want to talk about what's actually involved with becoming successful in dropshipping because What sort of, what sort of, what type of person do you think would massively succeed in dropshipping?
0: Oh, I think, I think dropshipping essentially is just a, a form of e-commerce. So oh, sorry, t- e-com, yeah, no, that's I'm okay. I'm probably gonna to- bush
1: this the whole thing, so I want to ask questions, and understand it, little bit myself. No, 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 it's well. totally fine.
0: It's totally fine. But like, uh, drop shipping is just a form of e-commerce. So it's literally just a fulfillment type, to be honest with you. And then there's Amazon FBA that a lot of people talk about. That is just a What's fulfillment that? type. That is literally stands for fulfillment by Amazon, and it just means that they're the ones that ship your product. Like that's all it means. But a lot okay. of people go, oh, I do Amazon FBA. I'm like, no, you sell on Amazon, and FBA is how it gets sent to a customer. Drop is the same. It's just how it's actually. You don't pay okay. for the product until um, an order comes through and then it gets sent. That's all it means. Um, but e commerce, to yep. answer the question, um, I think the type of personality and the type of person that would succeed in e commerce and does succeed usually is someone that doesn't give up. I know that is so, like, you know, such a cliche thing to say, but it really is. There's a lot of hurdles, but there's also hurdles sitting in your nine to five when there's a report due for your boss that you aren't going to get done by the deadline. Like, you know, that's um, something that's going to stress you out. And a-, a shipment being delayed where all your money's tied up in some inventory. is also going to stress you out like there's pros and cons in any you know realm of um you know the line of work that you do but I think um to be able to push through and overcome those sort of little hurdles that pop up especially when you're new to business like a lot of these things people have never experienced in their life so that's where having like a coach or a mentor is really handy because no doubt they've already done what you're going through and it's like they can answer that and make sure you're on the right track straight away whereas if you're brand new and you're, you're doing it yourself, it's sort of like you're, you're blind to it. You don't know how to fix these issues if you've never encountered them before, but not giving up on it and pushing through. Like, I've had some shocking things happen over the course of three years for me, but I've, I look back now and I go, oh, thank God I didn't give up at that point because it's so worth it.
1: Mm. What's been the worst thing that's happened in the last three years? Uh,
0: losing money. Like, yeah. Just like,
1: buying bad product or?
0: um Yeah. Like, we, we've had, um, we've paid. Suppliers before that haven't like fulfilled stock, and then like you got to go through the whole like process of you know going through the bank and doing chargebacks. What, they and,
1: just ghost you or something.
0: Yeah, there's there's such thing as that in the in the online space. Yeah, you got to be really careful who you're buying from. Wow. Even like um, no discredit to um, Alibaba, and you know most of Alibaba is made up out of the Chinese suppliers, but um, no discredit there. But you know, they can be a little bit cheeky too. Like you'll buy one color and that's, you've got a sample and you think, yeah, great, I love this product. And then you get the actual reality that turns up and they haven't, you know, delivered on that. I've had um, products uh, where I've ordered it and the sample was awesome. It was this beautiful soft pink and it turned up this hot pink that I wouldn't even like... Yeah, I wouldn't even gift it to someone. It was that shocking. So I was, and then that was the stock. That was like $20,000 of stock. That was hot pink. It was meant to be the soft pink. Like, so that whole like um, issue of things not being delivered correctly or, you know, the quality checking really um, and making sure that you do everything to make sure the product that you're buying is the actual product that's selling well in the market and things like that too. So Mm. yeah. But yeah, I've lost money. I've lost money on that. Um, I've lost money on the market moving and, and, product and having to sell it, not where we anticipated we would sell it at. So, but um, these are the things you got to just overcome and keep going. But I've made a lot of money on items as well that we didn't think would do as well. And they, they killed it. Like, it's just so funny what people are interested in buying online. Like it's, yeah. Yeah, especially isn't it
1: just like random shit. Like it is, is that?
0: Yeah, like I would look at half these items, and I'm like, the data is there telling me like this is going to sell well, and I'm like, how? Like who is buying this? I've <laughs> then- an
1: example. What's some random shit you've sold? You've made a lot of money on. Oh,
0: um, oh well, we sort of sell, um, we sort of sell in the home goods space at the moment online because it's it's yep. just like evergreen. It's every day. You know, people are on there shopping for this sort of stuff. But like even like pool toys, like as weird as that is for the summertime, like yep. blow up pool toys, but like things with weird us like designs or like American flags for the Americans. Like they're very, you know, pride orientated. So for me being an Aussie where I don't really have my Australian flag in my lawn, like it's kind of like I wouldn't buy a, I don't know, a pool toy that's like this flag. Like I just, yeah, it's random stuff. Um, yeah. So, but uh, but yeah, that's, that's what's coming to mind right now. I'm sure there'd be some other examples that'll come to me a little later, but yeah. yeah.
1: Do you know... Do you have a turtle? Do you know how much you've done in turtle sales?
0: Oh, I haven't looked as of late, but uh, that would have actually been a really, really interesting number because it's been three years. And I've done, um, in that time, I've done like four different core businesses, as weird as that sounds, but four different, like I've had a drop shipping business that did well, but then we had these restrictions with, um, you know, shipping the product. And this was like at the peak of coronavirus where there's no, f- you know, international flights occurring because no mm-hmm. one's traveling. And that was how we were getting product. We were doing it via air freight. So like, we're trying to send parcels all over the world and there's just minimal flights. And then obviously all these other big organizations were still doing the same. Like, you know, Nike have got shipments, they need to still get on air freight, you're getting bumped off. So um, yeah, there was some issues with that. And so we, we we pivoted and moved from doing drop shipping at that time to importing. And then that was where we had sort of those product issues. And then I'm thinking like my cash flow is tied up for quite a while. And I didn't really like that personally for myself. Whereas a lot of other people just work around that, but I'm someone that likes to be able to, um, you know, have the ability to control my business to like every inch almost, you know, and sometimes having money tied up in inventory for three three weeks on a boat, you know, another three weeks for the supplier to make it, all that sort of thing. It's just too long for me. Um, so yeah, so then from that pivoted to doing the Amazon um, wholesaling right now, which has been for quite a while, and that's been awesome, and that allows me the freedom to pick what I want to sell. So right Can now,
1: explain this because I. I have no idea what this even means. Like cause You're think, like,
0: all I'm hearing is this. Yeah, like I'm hearing like
1: dropshipping and e-com language. Um, so explain what is the there difference is, between yeah. yeah, so
0: there's probably okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back a step just yep. to educate you yep. and the other listeners. Um, there is essentially, I'd say, I'm not even gonna put a number to, I'm just gonna start rattling them off, but I'd say there's a couple of different ways. You can do e-commerce. E-commerce just means you're selling a product online. That's all that, that means, okay. right? But that's why everyone talks about they're doing e-commerce. Um, but which way they're doing can be a number of different things. So you could have your own label, which is a lot of um, people that you've probably had on your podcast as well. Um, that essentially means you're coming up with your own branding and you're putting your logo on a product and you're in complete control of the design and you know how the brand um, is marketed, influences, all that sort of stuff. Is TikTok. it mainly
1: product based? Is that like, or is it just anything you're selling through a, f- a funnel, a web page at all? At all that's well, e-commerce.
0: e commerce is, is, um, is product based, yeah, yeah, product based, yeah. Okay. So, I serve services and all that sort of stuff, still technically, yeah. but I'd say more of like the online, like coaching, I guess, yeah, yeah. um. But, um, but yeah, so a private label would just be like the fact that you're taking this glass and you're going to put your logo on it and it's coming in your box with your design and your influencers are tagging your website and your Instagram, all that sort of stuff. So that's a private label and that's a form of e-commerce. And a lot of people do really well with that, but it's just a, your cash is tied up. I've got to tie up $20,000 in you know, boxes to then sell mm. through it and the money slowly comes back through. Or if you have a really great product, it might be a lot quicker, but then you sell out and you got to go back through the replenishing stage of, you know, getting the inventory. So that's a private label. Drop shipping is basically grabbing a product that's already on the shelf. Um, so for me, when I first started, it was these dog beds that were like, you can still buy them today online on random websites when you Google it. Like, it's just like a very, you know, um, it's just a, an, an, Product that has already been made, like ready-made product, if that makes any sense. There's no logo on it. There's nothing like that. It's just you're buying a dog bed, right? And there's a lot of it. Um, I'm trying to think of some other really well-known, like, drop shipping products. Um, It'll come to me. But essentially, it's just like you're ordering it. the, The Chinese manufacturers have them excess sitting there, and they can just send it out one by one as orders come through. So the order might be Canada, and then the next morning it's England, and then there's a couple for Australia, and it's just like bang, 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 so bang. So lots
1: of people can sell the one product. Yeah, so there's got one person. There's in no it.
0: like, there's no trademark infringements. There's no right. like limitation with that, right? So it's easy to get in, and that's where it comes back to it being one of those things where it really is a low barrier to market um, business model because you're not having to wait for the lead time of the products to be made or a sample to be made and all that sort of stuff. You can look online, there's AliExpress, you can see what's selling on there really well and the the suppliers have that stock already there. So as soon as you have an order, they can ship it out like that. So that's where it's like a convenient, easy market to get into e-commerce, right? However, the sustainability of it in the long run is not great. So And that's because when it does turn up, people are like, what's this random thing that I've bought? I thought I was buying the glass with the logo in the nice box, you know. So people still want that. The the customer journey still needs to be nice and they still want to receive it and feel like, yeah, this is like worth my $50 that I've spent, you know, versus like – um f- most of the time when it's coming from aliexpress it comes in like a-, a bag with like literally chinese writing all over the logo and stuff like that and you'll open up the bag and it's stuffed and it has a bit of a smell and all that like it's not a great mm. customer experience and to be honest most people listening have probably bought from a dropshipper at some point <laughs> yeah. because even my mum does it all the time and she's like oh god it's i've checked the tracking it's coming from china and right i know yeah. i've bought a dropshipping you know product
1: so it's but- marketed as it's like a home basing or something
0: yeah, yeah. kind of yeah like yeah. it's marketed like you're supporting some local family or something right. like that and then it's like really it's just um yeah, yeah. quick yeah. money for some guy on his computer but you know <laughs> um <laughs> some kid on their computer but <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's like a drop shipping model where you're sort of taking something off the shelf you market it as your own and then you know make a quick buck but the sustainability is not there you'd have mm. to constantly be trying to reinvent the wheel and find another product to I was
1: say so that's that was my understanding of of this whole econ world because yeah. i know people that you've always got to keep you pick a winning product. Yeah, the winning if product. It, if it and works, keep looking you ride for it until it dies, then you go pick another one.
0: Yes, and that's where it's not yeah. really like, Like, what's the point in doing that? If you could do yeah, a different model where it's honestly, more sustainable, Yeah, right? that, that's so. what's
1: always, I'm like, and of if someone like me who hates websites, tech. Yeah. All of that, that having to
0: d- put in all the hard yards. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. like,
1: that sounds horrible for me to, um, to
0: repeat that process. I mean, not, yeah. not put in the hard yards, but like yeah. to have to do that. And then three weeks later, do it again. And then another month later, do it again. Like there's no, you like the longevity in drop shipping is not there. Yeah. So, um, you so know, you've
1: just picked, you just pick like a couple products now and you just, you've developed that as a good brand. Is that how yours works? And you're just,
0: yeah, no. So what we now do is we buy, um, branded products and we sell them on Amazon. So it's, um, there's elements of it that are still similar to drop shipping in the sense of, um, the fulfillment, which I'll go over in a minute. But essentially what we do right now is, uh, we liaise with, uh, distributors in America, right. And these distributors have like endless product that they've bought um, at a wholesale price from brands. So they bought it direct from the brand and they go, cool, um, you know, we've got, you know, all of these different SKUs of this brand and they'll they'll send it out usually on a spreadsheet and we'll have it all listed and it will have the price that you've got to pay per unit of of this stock. We then take that information and we run it through a software and then the software um, links with Amazon and it sort of goes, okay, this is selling really well and this is, the you know, the monthly sales and the cost that you need to sell it at to make X profit whatever it might be. So we do this little um, calculation through this software and it, it basically, you know, if a supplier had a catalogue of uh, 400 items, it'll shortlist it down to like the best like 20 or something like that for us. Cool. And then we look at it and go, cool, we've got, you know, $10,000 to spend on stock right now. Um, let's buy XYZ because that's going to turn 10 into 15 or whatever it is, right, Dependent on. So um, we then go back to the supplier and go, hey, we want to buy XYZ from you. And they package it up and then they send it to Amazon on our behalf, and then Amazon receive it in America. They scan it all in and then it's live on our stores. Um, and then basically the the customer, customer demand is just that big in the US. Like it just sells like that. Like if you've found the right items, that is. But you can see that ahead of time. So you can see the customer demand for these products and the sales that are occurring. And you can literally see it for the lifetime of that product. Or you can look at it on the last 30 days. Whatever wow. scope of information you want, Amazon give you. Like it's insane. Like they make their money from people selling on their platform and buying on their platform. So they're very supportive and they give insight to all sorts of different things. So from there, you're able to make an informed decision if you have, you know, uh, the recipe to be able to, you know, make sure that what you're going to spend your money on is going to sell through quite quickly. So that's why I like what we do because it's sort of something where I can determine if I want my Mm. cash back within two, three weeks – I'm only going to buy this much stock, and it's going to sell in that time. Or if I want to have stock for three months, then I can buy enough for that, and it's going to sell through consistently for that period of time. Um, and then Amazon, basically, when the sale comes through, they they go pick it out of their warehouses and they ship it out. So they deal with the fulfillment, and that's where it has that kind of similarity to the drop shipping, where it's kind of like I don't have to have a warehouse of my own and yep. stand there and pick and pack orders all day. Amazon do that for me, so.
1: So did you start building this? So you started building in the pandemic, right? So a few years. Yep. You were working as a government job before that. Yep. Where did you find time to start building this?
0: Well, hopefully my old boss isn't listening, but um, no, I, I mean, I would listen to podcasts at work. I'd have my head, headphones so in and I at- was learning while I was at work doing the job I knew I didn't want to do forever. So I was still respectful to my boss and made sure I put in the time. But as soon as 459 hit, I was straight out that door and I, I no longer was giving any extra to my uh, you know day job. Yeah. I was wanting to get home and be able to put that time into studying and learning and implementing e-commerce. So, um, a lot of online programs. And so, that's where I do still vouch for um, an online course. Like, I think as long as you're buying from the right person, their information should be able to accelerate where you get to, to be honest. If you're buying from someone that's just trying to make a quick buck through selling a program, then that's not really the right you know, coach or or course to be buying. Mm. Um, But I had uh, a couple of programs. I think I had three at the very beginning that I was learning different things from because I still to this day haven't met one person that knows it all. You know, there's different things to learn. I've got people that I would call if I want to know how to get into retail stores. I've got people I can call if I want to, you know, go killer on Facebook ads. Like there's people that, you know, like everything, you find what you're good at and that's that's your strength. And I've got contacts that are, are good at everything, but there's not really one person I'd say is like, on top of it all yeah. in terms of every part of e-commerce.
1: <clears throat> you just go jump in and start, which I love that. Yeah. It sounds like you're an absolute action taker. Yeah. Um. So, cause I know a lot of people and especially like in our programs and stuff, like we have so many people come through and I've met a lot of people. I've met a lot of people that have started dropshipping. Yep. And then very few people that have succeeded. Seated. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think is the main difference between you mm-hmm killing it Mm -hmm. and someone who has tried it done it played with it and failed what's up dream nation have you ever wondered how far ahead your life would have already been if you had got access to this type of content at a younger age look this is why i need your help i'm trying to build the number one personal development platform out there to teach you guys the tips tricks and attitude of what it takes to live your dream life and to bring the type of education that we all wish we had in school This show only grows by word of mouth and new subscribers, so it would mean the world to me. If you could smash that subscribe button right now, leave us a five-star written review or drop a comment below and share this episode with a friend, I would be forever grateful. All right, now let's get back into this episode.
0: Well, they've, they've stopped when they've had a, a hurdle. Like I said earlier, like if you give up when you've had your first hurdle, you're not going to get to the next one. But like anything, there's always hurdles, you know. Um, so I think for me, I, I definitely just keep pushing because I know that I'd prefer to put in a good solid 10, 15, 20 years into this right now until I'm like 50 odd. Uh, and retire then I would prefer to do until 65 being told I have to be at my desk at 9am. Like it's not my thing. I prefer to take control of my life and have full control of the outcome, you know, but I think um, drawing back to the question uh, and I see it myself all the time. I I get approached by so many people. Like I hear it all the time. Mm. Um, I've tried and it didn't work or e-commerce doesn't work. And I'm like, okay, well again, e-commerce is like, there's 50 different ways you can do it. So let's not blanket that it doesn't work whatever you've tried didn't work out for you, but I'm sure there would have been like something that could have been tweaked that would have meant that maybe the outcome was different. But at that point you didn't bother to do any further sort of digging to fix the issue. Right. And I could have done that when I, when I had my first drop, drop shipping store closed down because the flights were taking too long, too many customer complaints. I could have just shut up shop then and gone back and worked at Centrelink where I used to. Like I, I definitely could have thrown in the towel at that point. Right. But I didn't, I kept going and I, I, Got, at that point in time, I got a different mentor that had done very well. Um, it was one of the boys that own Elias Skin. They'd done very well at that time with importing and doing mass marketing through influencers. So I reached out to them, I paid the money I needed to pay and I got the right advice to help me get out of the problem I was in to the next mm. one. So I think when people don't push through or figure out or keep researching, like, okay, great, you've got one course. That's one person. Like I just said a minute ago, not everyone knows everything. So that's one person's opinion and processes. You've got an issue right now. Either see if that issue is talked about in that course or hello, YouTube has every answer under the sun. Like honestly, like you type in any keywords on that algorithm on on the search bar on on YouTube and it's going to come up with videos of people that have already had this issue as well. Mm-hmm. So did you bother to do that or does e-commerce not work? It's like try again. Like honestly, I've had I've had stores where I thought it was going to kill it in the drop shipping when I first started. I had like two other products that I did that I thought, yeah, this is awesome, like going to sell so well. Did everything to a T with the marketing and it did okay, but it didn't do great and it was like I ended up having to just can it off and, you know, call it a day. But same thing, you just got to keep going. Find the next thing. Find another product. Or if you don't, if you get tired of finding winning products like, you you know, you said before, it's like, okay, well, there are other ways of doing e-commerce, so explore them. Yeah. So... I and I, I, I love it right now. Like I love that I have like full control over the products that we're buying and we can try out different niches. And like I spend time on TikTok and I see people promoting products on TikTok all the time, right? And it's like, okay, well, let's go have a look at how well they sell and let's find a supplier to give us access to that product mm. so I can tap into this slice of the pie, you know? There's this brand called Melee that have this hair growth oil and it's like an um, African-American owner and she's done really well on TikTok. And she like the monthly sales on that product are like eighty thousand sales of her product a month on Amazon in America. Like that's a so lot of it, units. Oh, it's a cheaper product. It's like yep. I think like nine ninety nine US or so something. The,
1: what, so, so ten bucks times eighty thousand.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like huge money. Like just under a mil that she makes on that one product. She got a full range now. But it's like the whole, like, someone that had supported the small business. Like, there was this cult on TikTok that were like, this product's awesome. And she was there packing her orders and all of that. And it just grew for her. But the product actually works. It says hair growth oil to make women's hair grow. So, um, anyway, when we first saw that that was taking off on TikTok, we were like, all right, we need to find a supplier for this product so we we're on there and then we you know we ended up on their website mele's hair um website to find out where their distribution channels were like where where can we wholesale this product from and, and you know get access to it and we ended up getting put in contact with a supplier that then has given us access to tap into that eighty thousand a month uh demand on amazon so it's like you got to also look for it and hustle for it as well in that regard yeah. like i'm sitting on tiktok in bed i could have just kept scrolling but instead i was like this is taking off let's jot that down tomorrow. Let's figure out how we get access to this. Like you've got to, you've got to keep pushing.
1: You're like you, I, I really want people to understand this, okay? Cause it's like, It's got nothing to do with the business model ever, I truly believe. It's like it's got nothing to do with the thing. It's got everything, every single thing to do with the person who's operating it.
0: Yeah, 100%. You know,
1: like you can get someone who doesn't know how to drive a Ferrari, get in the car, doesn't Mm. know how good the car is, you'll never never drive it anywhere. Mm. Or if you get in the car and you're too scared to start the car, you'll never drive the car. Yeah. And when I was 21, I started, my first business was in network marketing. Mm. I did that for like eight years. Mm -hmm. And I did very well there. I was top 1% of the entire company. Um and I had so many people say to me because it'd be the same thing people would come in they think it's gonna be easy they think they'd be a millionaire straight away mm. and then when they're not after a month they quit and they're like oh it doesn't work for me mm. and I've had so many people say and because the company I was I used to be with they used to be because they have to be very open about like here's how much people earn the percentage of the company who makes this much money <clears throat> and they're like only top 1% of people earn over $100,000 a year or 150000 a year or whatever it was Yeah and people are like see only 1% of people make that money i'm like end like what do you think this is a fucking lottery ticket yeah yeah what do you think this is like you join and it's like you'll be successful and the next person joins you won't you won't what do you think's happening someone is there blessing you with an unlucky business yeah yeah and then only one in every 100 gets the lucky business what do you fucking think's happening yeah yeah. the reason I created a business that was in one percent because I did the things that the one percent did
0: yeah exactly yeah and
1: that is the biggest difference so I want to talk into that. So you're just mm. saying like so you're sitting in bed so instead of just scrolling TikTok or on Netflix, mm. you're you're actually consciously looking for like from a business owner's perspective and you're like how oh, I always oh, see
0: opportunity. I always see you're opportunity. You're looking for opportunity, yeah. right?
1: So talk to us about that. What 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 are some other habits and some ways of thinking that you think you've adopted that have allowed you to be, you know, in the top 1%. The things that are different that you do, the things you think about problems and your belief about yourself in business compared to people who don't succeed.
0: Mm. Well, I hate to put it like that in the sense of like someone that's, you know, I don't want to come across like I'm better than someone, but I do think that my, my, the chemicals in my brain, how it is why it is like, it is, it is wild. And sometimes I love it. And other days I'm like, why do I have to keep doing more? Like it's (laughs) like, you know, burnout is a thing, but, um, I mean, to be honest, like, I'll give you an example. In the last few months, okay? So, we focus very heavily on Amazon.com. It's not really a thing here in Australia, right? Like, mm-hmm. have, do you buy on Amazon in Australia?
1: I did the other day. Very rarely. I've exactly. have started that, doing, right? doing like, it You more start though. doing
0: it now. But, <coughs> fast, yeah. well, sorry, previously, 12 months ago, <coughs> people no, weren't, right? Not at all, yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, you, when when you compare that to the American market, like they treat it as like their Woolworths, yeah. Coles, David Jones, all wrapped in one. When like, I'm in America, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm on their daily. Yeah, like yeah. everyone's like, oh, I got that off Amazon. I got that off Amazon. They've got these little things in their home where they can go, hey Alexa, like order me toilet paper, and it will just turn up at their house. It can charge the card on the client, like on the customer's file, and literally. T- deliver toilet paper to the front door. Like it's wild, right? So when I first was looking into this, I'm like, well, it makes sense to go with the .com version because Australia, it's not really a thing. This is a while back, right? For the last, where are we now? Yeah, so for the last probably six months, we've been building out the first software that's going to help people do what we do in America, in Australia, right? Now for me, that was me identifying that I want to do this in Australia, but there's no software tools that help us that we use on a daily basis for America. There's probably about four that we use. There's none of them that work in Australia. Even those companies haven't paid to develop Australia because it's such a small country, such a small marketplace. Who cares about Australia, right? But I'm like, there is a gap in the market. There is people that do want to sell products on Amazon in Australia. And if the trajectory keeps going like this, where everyone's shopping on there now, like it's going to be something that, fast forward another 12 months, there's a lot of money to be made, right? So my mind went, okay, how do I bring these softwares either from the US to Australia or how do I make my own? So I saw a gap in the market in terms of like a need to be able to assess products. And we've built out over the last six months, a software that's going to be the first of its kind for Australia. And I cannot wait for it to launch. It's not far off. We're about three weeks away from it being able to be used by anyone. And I think for me, that's like, again, the difference. I could have just been like, oh, well, it doesn't work in Australia. We'll just focus on America. But instead I was like, okay, there's a problem. How do we fix it? awesome so I, I could have consulted these companies potentially and had them come to Australia but I also thought okay well I, I do have the capital to be able to go and develop my own software I'll go do that and I reached out to some friends actually that have had um, a, a lot of success building out their own apps and I'd said to them who do who does your apps you know and they put me in contact with someone so again having access to the right people is also very helpful but um, I you know, have built those relationships over the, you know, a number of years, same thing for yourself. Like there's a lot of people you probably wouldn't have known five years ago, but you're very close with now because you're able to establish relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being able to have a conversation with anyone and, and add value to their life is also so important to having those relationships as well. You know, like um, if someone's first starting out, they could say, oh, well, you've got the contacts or whatever, but it's like, I didn't a few years ago. I've had to work to, meet, you know, meet yeah. people, turn up to events, turn up to, you know, seminars like... You know, even half of these online programs have like communities that you can also meet like-minded people as well. So you've got to put yourself out there. Like you can't be comfortable if you want to be an entrepreneur. Like you've got to be uncomfortable and get out there and just do the work. But um, but yeah.
1: What you you seem extremely confident. Um, and not to say not to like be you're a female, but because I know that there's so many like you're you're an absolute female boss, Mm. savage. And when I look for guests to bring on the show, I want to bring on more women like you. Mm. And it's just so there's more guys out there and doing shit yeah. than there is that. That's yeah. the facts. But I know that there's so many women out there with a burning desire to create extraordinary things. Mm. And what do you think is the main things? Like if you were to speak to the women out there that are like, oh my god, she- they're inspired by your story. Mm. And they're like, I'd love to be a female boss babe, do mm. all this cool shit. But they're suffering with that inner critic. Mm. that doubt that voice that's saying oh but I'm not confident enough to do that what would you what would you say to them
0: um, I think that that whole uh, like stigma is completely shifting at the moment and I'm so for it like I think it is awesome that previously it was like you know the man is the provider the man has the money all of that sort of stuff and I think especially in the online space there is no Um, you know, uh, there's no limits, but there's also like no judgment as to who you are. You know, you can be a man, female, you can be 80 years old and still do really well. Like, it doesn't really, you know, um, uh, there's a word for what I'm trying to say right now. There's no um stigma. No, no, it's uh, it'll come to me anyway. Um, discrimination was the word I was gonna, I was looking for. Yeah, like you can be anyone in this space, right? But like anything, um, I think you've got to be able to start and you've got to be able to back yourself – And I think right now uh, that the whole shift that's happening is, like, thanks to TikTok. Like, there is – I again, I open up TikTok. I'm sounding like I spend all this time on there. I really don't. But, like, when I do, I'm targeted. The algorithm's like, you know what, let's tell her and let's put videos in front of her about, like, small business and, like, women in business and all that sort of stuff. And I guess I I love it, so I'm liking it and it's giving me more. But, um, yeah, the whole shift is happening right now where, like, girls are putting themselves out there online and and even, like, the whole, like, OnlyFans thing. Like, I mean, I'm not going to, like, comment on that right now because I think there's – There's a number of pros and cons to that whole, um, you know, business, but that still is at the end of the day, a girl trying to hustle for money, um, you know, and that's their way of doing it. But I think even, you know, a few years ago that wouldn't have been accepted or like a thing or anything Mm. like that, or girls weren't even really considering doing that, you know? Um, but I think, yeah, in the online space there's a lot of like up and coming small business owners that are female. And like, I think like good on them. I'm all for it. Like I think back yourself. I sit in the room with like predominantly male, you know, people that have done well in e-commerce as well. When I network, and it's like it's a shame that there's not more girls at the table as well to be able to mingle with. Um, but I definitely think that's going to change. Even another twelve months, and there'll be so many more people that have done well in Australia, in particular.
1: It, it can be quite intimidating to not I, like. I can't speak for being a woman, but I mm. could imagine. As a woman coming into networking with a bunch of dudes that are killing it in business, it mm. could be intimidating.
0: Because
1: mm. I know it's intimidating, even just for me when I go surround myself with people who are doing ten times better than me. Yeah, I'm like, god damn, like I'm yeah. this little fish in this pond. And how, what are your keys to? Because like, there's there's no argument, and I talk about to the cows come home that you got to surround yourself in bigger environments. Mm. I, I pride myself and I love it when I'm around people where I'm embarrassed mm. to tell them how much money I make. Mm. I love that because I'm like, boom. I want them to be like, oh, is that all?
0: Because mm-hmm. then their
1: thing is so much bigger. Mm. And so what what are your kind of keys? Or like how can someone who may be looking at that and be like, oh my God, that's so intimidating for me too. I'm just this little girl, this little guy. I don't know where I'm starting. It's like going networking with all these people that are doing better than me. Because it sounds like you're an absolute boss when it comes to just paving your way. Like I'm going to connect with who I want. I'm going to fly to fucking America and network with random people about their products and shit. Yeah. Like big boss move. So what, what what are some sort of keys to overcoming maybe the inner voice and networking with uh, more confidence?
0: Oh, I think confidence just comes as you, as you do the work and you, you know, uh, I think really it comes back to like achieving the goal, right? So like goal setting for me and manifestation and all of that sort of stuff is very like heavily like imprinted in my life and my lifestyle. I before I had the car I wanted I had that as my screensaver on my phone I was looking at it every single day I had it um, you know I had like little sticky notes I'm just someone that likes sticky notes and I had them all on my wall with what I want to achieve and it was like new car I knew exactly what color I knew exactly what spec of car I wanted and then the way I ended up getting that car was through hoops and jumping through them and all sorts, but I ended up getting that car and it was just like, drawn back to the fact that I was confident enough to know that if I set the goal, I'll achieve it. Mm. So I think even for anyone listening, like, it's like, okay, if you're not happy right now in your job, have like, stop and have a think of what you would want to do. Like there's so many different things you can do right now. And I, I love that about like the year that we're in. Like, it's just like, it is great that there is such thing that you can make income from your phone. Like that is awesome. And I think it's like mind-blowing to me to think about what the future is going to be like as well. But stop and think about what do I want to do and then put the steps in place and write them out as goals. Like, okay, I need to um, find a, you know, a, a mentor or whatever it might be or I need to go to study this particular program for at uni for you know six months, whatever it is, write down the goal and then make sure you achieve it. Like do every step that you have to do to make sure that you achieve that because once you do, you'll have the confidence going, okay, that wasn't so hard what's the next thing? All right, I want to, you know, like I used to write on my sticker notes, I want to hit $1,000 a day in sales. And then now it's like, laughable to me but it's like (laughs) at the time I literally would be like oh I'm so close I'm at $800 in sales like fuck like you know and I'd just be like hanging on like hopeful that I was going to hit my a thousand but I just didn't give up until I did and then now I'm like I have the confidence that I have because I've done it like it's Mm. like you know the confidence comes with doing the work and achieving the goals so I I wasn't necessarily like this on my first day but you get there by you know not giving up. I keep drawing back to it, but it's so relevant to what I do, you know? Um, and and goal setting, I really believe.
1: Yeah. The resilience to keep going. Yeah. Can you think back to, because you keep talking about keep going, keep going, keep going. Can you give these guys, what's, what's something that's happened to you apart from, you know, making, you know, the 20K or whatever it was, was like the money. Mm. What's been one of the biggest points in the business where you're like, how in the fuck am I going to overcome this? What was it, and how did you like mentally get through that? If you can remember,
0: cool. Yeah, so definitely the biggest thing that's been that's that's rocked what I have done on my journey would be um, when Apple and Facebook went head to head early last year, and basically what happened was Apple um, had scouted the head of marketing from Facebook, and uh, over they went to work at Apple, and um, a few months later, out comes a policy change that says that. Um, they will be asking users when they updated iOS 14 they would be asking users whether they wanted to consent to being tracked and it says like ask app not to track or allow tracking and everyone's like what the hell's tracking but everyone's mm. clicking i don't want to be tracked so they're all clicking no on the iphone Now, what that actually meant for e-commerce users or anyone actually using, um, utilizing Facebook ads was that all of a sudden, all of the data that we were paying Facebook to access to be able to market our brands and our services and all of that sort of stuff. um, You know, like previously you'd talk about like maybe we were sitting here, we'd be sitting here talking about watches and then you'd open up Instagram and there'd be an ad for a watch brand, right? Mm -hmm. That was because the phone was listening and it knew what you were doing and all of that. So, but from a business point of view, if I had a watch brand, it was awesome because I could pay yeah. Facebook to access and market to you really quickly. it still in happens
1: t- now though, or is that In real time. I
0: well, you might've allowed tracking. Might have because I allowed tracking. <laughs> so if you don't I allow d-
1: tracking, that doesn't happen anymore. Doesn't happen
0: anymore. Yeah. I allowed tracking because I knew what it meant for business owners. So I was like, mm. I'll be one of the only people that probably do, but you know, and the data was insane. It was like 72% of people had opted out. So pretty much overnight and over the course of a couple of months, that data became like so dead on Facebook that like you couldn't pay, like you could only pay Facebook to now access 72% less of people because Apple had made this big thing where they said, we're doing it for privacy and we're going to let people, um, you know, elect to consent to marketing, <laughs> which was like this huge thing for businesses paying to market to those people. Yeah. But the wording was horrible. And I think that was the thing where Facebook was like, give us a chance to at least you know explain this to people and it was like because it was a set thing it was on every app it was an ios thing that said the tracking it wasn't like facebook was allowed to type anything to say this just means marketing like consent to marketing yeah so anyway for me that was actually a huge thing because it meant that overnight my costs to be able to market were considerably higher to get people to my website to my shopify to buy and especially in a drop shipping element where you're trying to pivot and move and open up new stores all the time, it made it really hard to nail Facebook ads, even with all of the knowledge that I have. Like I've spent over a million dollars on Facebook ads. I know how to do them really well. But it just meant that my pixel, was it was new every time. Like the, the tracking on all of these things was new. So it was really hard to cut through that. And I, That was the tur- uh, turning point for me that was like, okay, where is the platform that the consumers and the sellers are in the one place? You don't have to worry about ads or if there's any future issues because then there was all this talk about like, email marketing would be next. You wouldn't be able to see whether someone had opened your email or unsubscribed and all this, like the tracking on that was going to be like Im- impacted. So it was like, God, what's going to happen next? You know, you're not going to be able to do e-commerce at all. So I was like, what's the platform where people buy and sell? And that was where Amazon came about because that is what it is. You're selling on there. The consumer comes on, they find the product, they buy it, they transact in the one place. Yeah. Whereas in Shopify, it's like, you need to run TikTok, um, you know, you influences. Yeah, website, right? exactly. Yeah. So you've got to do TikTok, Instagram, influencers, email marketing, you know, Facebook ads, all this stuff, 50 different things to drive them to your Shopify. And I think drawing back to your question earlier as well, that's where a lot of people struggle because they can't nail it all.
1: And that's Mm. why they
0: give up because it's easier to just go, oh, it doesn't work, you know, but it's like you could, you know, get an agency to fix your ads if you're struggling or, you know, get a professional EDM person to, you know, write out your um, email marketing campaigns like um, that would fix those sorts of problems. But people would just go, oh, too hard. But yeah, Amazon, it's sort of like, you don't have to worry about any of that because the customer's already there and they're already shopping on the platform. Yeah. So, But for me, it was like a huge thing to overcome in my own head because I'm like, I don't even shop on Amazon, like as if this is like a good place to be. You don't even really, you know, get to do any of the cool stuff. You can't run an event or like influences, any of that sort of stuff. you just on there, list your products and it'll sell like it's, but in the grand scheme of things, it's great because like, why do you want all those other headaches? You know what I mean? Like... Yeah so
1: yeah so yeah because that's how i've always viewed it it's like that's not my skill set
0: yeah well so, like, like a you, working mom and dad like they don't have the time to sit there and make yeah. pretty little emails but like with amazon you don't have to worry about that like you yeah. amazon do the ads they do the I emails lo- i
1: love how you do it um because yeah honestly like I've, I've looked at all that i'm like if i was to ever do another business e-commerce and stuff would be very far down still just yeah. <laughs> because i'm just not wide as a Add, well, it's a like, very
0: creative we, thing. Like you've got to be like really yeah, into that. And, and like and the tech stuff and yeah. the
1: websites and that and this and, um you know, but, but here's the thing. You can learn any skill set you wish to if you reco- if you want to. Yeah. Like, and that's that's what you've done, right? Like you didn't, you weren't born learning how to do websites and all this shit. You yeah. just got like, hmm, I'm going to learn how to do it. And that's what's cool about humans. So, yeah. I love that you said, it's like, you know, your options is you can get off your ass. I don't think you said that, but you said you can go <laughs> start building the business or you stay at your nine to five until you're 65. That's yeah. the choice. Yeah. Each is going to be painful. Yeah. Which pain are you choosing?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not here to say that this is easy because it's not. And that's where, like, the whole, um, yeah, stigma about e-commerce is such a shame where people make it out to be easy because it's not. You're still grinding. You've still got to work for it. Yeah. I'm still doing huge days. I work until, like, 10 o'clock at night most of the time, like, but that's what I'm willing to do now to be able to enjoy my life when I'm 50, you know, mm. like, that's, and and to be honest, probably even earlier if I keep going, like, it's yeah. just, like, sky's the limit with this stuff. You I know, like, that. Yeah.
1: If you were to restart it now, would you do anything different? Then?
0: Knowing that what I know or not knowing anything? Knowing what you know now. Oh, for sure. I would have just straight away started with Amazon. Like, killer. Like, I'm talking <laughs> like, I, I, ha- I have multiple contacts in my phone that do, like, multi-eight figures on Amazon, like, per annum. Insane. Because there is that many people in America. Like even on my latest trip, I I went to New York and I just the whole time, like I've been there before, but like the whole time I was just in awe of how many people there were. I was like, God, how many? And you know, the the data, this, because then it made me, it prompted me to go, look, there is as many people in in our entire country as there is that go in and out of New New York every day. Yep. Which explains why I was like, man, there is a lot of people that I'm touching shoulders with, but it's like, it's just such a big country. So that's one element. You've got 50 other states or 49. uh, It's like, there is that many people. So the fact that one out of two of those households every day shop on Amazon, like, need I say anything else? You know Mm. what I mean? Like, it's insane. But I'm going to take that, I'm going to bring it to Australia and then we're going to like kill it in Australia. Kill it here. Yeah. <laughs> I love it.
1: And this has been so freaking awesome. Uh, where can everybody find you? And so you're, you're also now, I know you're not big on it, you said, but you're teaching a handful of people also how to do it. So where can they find you, get access to you, can contact with you and follow your epic boss journey?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Instagram um, is the best place to find me. So my Instagram handle is um, at ecom. Um, with one M on the end of that. Some people spell econ with two, but I do one. So um, yeah, reach me on Insta. Um, The link in my bio takes people to a couple of different things, but one of them is our mentoring packages. Um, I've got a team of staff. So there's about six of us now. Um, And between us all, we sort of can help coach other people um, because all my staff know how to do this stuff as well. Um, So yeah, we, we help uh, some clients in a one-on-one capacity. Some other clients we help, um, we work alongside them. Others, you know they're studying it and they're doing it themselves which is awesome I love that because that's how I started and I'm all for you know taking taking the the roadmap and implementing it yourself so yeah there's there's different options depending on where people are at and what they're trying to achieve because there's no two people that are the same with their goals so we've tried to have a couple of different offers for people based on what they're what they're trying to get out of it so yeah
1: I love it amazing this has been super cool um to wrap it up I've got a final question for you
0: Mm -hmm. hit me (laughs) (laughs)
1: If you were to go back to your 18 year old self and give her 30 seconds of advice, what would it be?
0: To be honest, I was, I was mentally like this at 18. I've been like this for a very long time. So I would just kept, I would have told her to keep going and, and just have that confidence. It like everything works out. Um, you know, like I've had times where I've wanted to, uh, wanted to pull my hair out and wondered how the hell I was going to get out of some of the things that have happened in my entire life journey, that is. And I look back on them and they were the road, you know, the the stepping stone for the next thing. So I think uh, I would have told her to just keep going. I'm yeah, like life is life will just happen and you've just got to go with it. Like, yeah, I'm confident in my journey and I'm I'm sure I'm going to do great things.
1: Thank you so much for listening. And if you got value from this episode, it goes such a long way. If You can just take 20 seconds of your time, leave me a five-star rating and written review, then screenshot this episode and share it to your story and make sure you tag me for that shout out. And until next time, guys, go out there and dream out loud.